Hello and welcome to Owning It, the podcast that celebrates the inspiring choices made by women who refuse to simply follow the crowd and chose the road less traveled. I'm your host, Sandhya Tukaram, and in each episode, we'll have real conversations with these incredible women who choose to carve their own path because following just isn't an option. They may not be making headlines, but every one of them is a role model. So join me and let's explore the power of choice and the inspiration it brings right here on Owning It. My guest today is Tejaswini Madabushi. And while she says her life was never one of great struggle, she definitely owned every moment from her education to career and her personal choices. Today, she lives in the city of her choice as a single woman, does the work she loves, and intentionally lives close to her family and friends. Owning it isn't always about big, bold choices, but also about the quieter choices and about being who you want to be. Let's hear more about Tejaswini's lovely journey. Tejaswini, hi. Thank you for joining me on Owning It. Um, you know, when I was thinking about how to start our conversation, uh, I, I could go many ways. Uh, because honestly, you're probably my first guest who I know the least about. And I'm actually excited about that because I want to see what I will discover through this. And I'm sure it'll be amazing. Um, so thank you uh, for joining me. And I want to start with Tejaswini. What are you doing these days? What is Tejaswini's world right now? Thank you, Sandhya. Thank you firstly for having me in this podcast. I've seen your past podcasts and I'm very flattered that you thought I could fit along with all the amazing women you uh, worked with. And then uh, what do I do? I work in an organization called Yugantar. I'm the CEO of that organization. I um, live uh, alongside my parents. They live in the next flat. So I take care of my parents. That's a major part of my life. And I have a really cute cat. So I'm a cat mother. Uh, and uh, I'm very lucky because uh, uh, two of my best friends live in the same building as I do. So, you know, I have my social life, my family life, everything set in the same place. So I think right now I'm living a really, uh, really envious life <laughs> to Lovely. a lot of people. And, you know, that really sounds envious. I actually am looking at um, creating communities like this where you have your friends, your family, perhaps maybe not a cat in my case, but enough <laughs> comfort uh, and also something meaningful to do like you are doing. Uh, given where you are now and this community that you and you said you're, you're le leading a, a blessed life yeah. uh, let's go back to young Tejaswini do you see that that young Tejaswini would have imagined this was what you would be doing now this was the life you'd be having I know we don't think so deeply when we're young but just in retrospect yeah, no, I don't think uh, I don't think I knew this was an option when I was young because I didn't see a lot of other women do what I'm doing right now. I thought by the time I'm getting close to 40, I thought by the time I'm 40, I'd be married, I'd have two children, I'd be cooking at home, maybe working hard. Uh, but I think I have a better life than I thought uh, I would have imagined as a child. If you ask me as a child, I think I would have imagined a different life. Not that that life is bad. It's good to have children. All that, is, all that is fine. Uh, but uh, I didn't know that this was an option, that you could be single, uh, you could be living with your parents, you could live with your friends. Such options did not exist when I was a child because I didn't see anybody else doing that at that point. So what was your life as a child? 
Tell me about oh, young you know, people. I had a middle class life. Uh, my father was a Telugu lecturer. He used to teach in a small college. Uh, my mother was managing the house. Uh, I think there were some financial struggles, but not not too much. I mean, we never had to struggle to put food on our plates at the end of the day or anything like that. But, you know, we lived within our means. Uh, but I think what was the best part of my childhood uh, is that my parents uh, did not live a very regular traditional life because they had an intercaste marriage. Uh, not just an intercaste marriage, they had a very adventurous, eloped away without their parents' knowledge. And then they married like that. And that really shaped who they were and that really shaped who I am and my sister is uh, today. Because we relied, they were part of a group called Kulnir Mulana Sangam. Um, it, it's based here in Hyderabad. And that was our whole life. Uh, that was our extended family because we didn't have many contacts with our own extended family. Uh, because they were, my parents were kind of out of that scene. They were ostracized for a bit. It's it's different now. We meet our relatives a little bit more, but growing up, we didn't. And all our relatives were from this uh, organization. My grandparents, my uncles, my aunts, everybody who I call those names in Telugu, they were all from this organization. And they were all very progressive people who believed uh, in an in a country that is casteless, in a country that did not have religious differences, uh, in a country that, that was equal. So I think that really determined uh, what I am today. The fact that I think I'm working in an NGO or I thought this, this sounds exciting is mostly because of that environment that I grew up in. Uh, and and my parents, I think they were less progressive than a lot of other people in that organization. They're trying to learn. And uh, they were open for us to question them always. We could always question everything they said. And, and I think that really helped shape who we are and to become very confident as people because our parents gave us that space. Uh, so that I would say is what I remember mostly from my childhood and how, you know, how I turned out to be now. And what were your early adult years like? What did you study and what what were your career ambitions? And So when I, you know, I finished 10th, uh, you know, I was studying in a school in Himayatnagar. I knew in school that I was more interested in social sciences. I used to earn more marks in social sciences. Uh, not that I was so bad in other subjects. I was like average above average. But I really loved social sciences. And I'd go to the library and pick up more books on history, pick up more books on whatever they call civics those days. So it was my interest. But in Hyderabad those days, and I think even now, you're not told those options exist. You only study engineering or medicine. Uh, yeah. So I remember finding... Oh, you're yeah. Oh, you're dumb, right? Oh, That's yeah. what they say. Yeah. So I, because I was an art student, and not that I was called dumb, but, you know, it wasn't science. Yeah. I know, yeah. And it was just difficult for me to even find a junior college. After 10th, you go to a thing called junior college for your 11th, 12th. We call it intermediate here. To find a junior college with the subjects I wanted, history, civics, something. No, Most colleges near where I was only had this. There was one or two colleges and I didn't know how to approach those. And my father also believed, you know, you should just do this. This is going to give you a more secure uh, career. You can do social sciences later, but for now, why don't you just do this? So I do, took maths, physics, chemistry. and But I still had this, oh, I want to do something else. At that point in my life, I think... Uh, Having something larger than life, one of the most easily available things was uh, uh, patriotism. Uh, now I think I'm a different person. I don't rely on that so much. Uh, at that age, when I was a teenager, I think Kargil war had just happened. So everybody was 
fully into, oh, you should support army. So I remember joining NCC. That also I pushed my father and I said, I'm going to go join NCC. So between NCC, uh, which I really, which I kind of liked, I, I was younger than other people in my batch. Um, and this college, I was very stressed and it was a terrible time. I liked physics as a subject, but I really disliked the way it was taught in the college I was studying. It was so oriented towards competitive exams that you're not really learning the subject, but you're only learning the tricks to crack these competitive exams. And the pressure to just keep performing every day, it took all the joy out of me. And uh, I was a really rebellious teenager. So I stopped going to college. I, I was terrible. I wouldn't write my exams. I wouldn't do anything. And I got into this NCC and uh, I did all right for a while. Then there also I couldn't figure out what I was doing. So I went through this stage where I was really bad and then I flunked in my 12th standard because I just refused to write. I went to the exam hall, gave a blank paper and came out for all the subjects or three subjects. And then uh, then my father couldn't believe, how did you get a zero? Like, how did you manage to get a zero? Even if you write a line that give you a one mark. And then I didn't say anything because at that point, actually, briefly, my communication with my parents had broken down, especially with my father. And then I think uh, for a year I was home and it gave me a lot of time to read lots, lots of other books and contemplate and figure out what I want to do with my life. And my parents also figured out this is not what she wants. And then they said, okay, now you can do whatever you want. Earlier they wanted me to do engineering and because I had that NCC, I would get some reservation and I could have got a seat easily. Uh, then, then I said, okay, no, I really want to study sociology and psychology subjects like that. They said, okay, you can go ahead, do this. Then I wrote my exams, cleared all of them. And then I went to uh, Nizam College in Hyderabad, which uh, really, really turned my life because I really became a different person after I went to the college. I was very confident. I loved what I was studying. I would go read quite a bit. Uh, uh, but more than that, lots of conversation with other students in the college about, about the world, different, you know, discovering different political ideologies, learning different social theories, all that really, really, really uh, made me such a happy person. It was like something really turned in me. I became a very... Your world opened up. Right? Yeah, and, and to know there were all these other things to do. I think I was feeling very suffocated in the earlier place. Uh, I think even the students there had potential, but the way you were taught, everything else had to be, you know, you couldn't have your own opinion. You didn't have individuality. There were formulas and you follow those formulas. You don't even think where they came from. To this place where I could think and, you know, in college, I remember we had uh, a discussion forum of which I was also an active member. And every week we'll think of a new topic and have a discussion and and really passionate discussions. And I became an organizer in the sense that now because I'm an active member of this, I had to go and grab more students to come join it. So that's my teenage. Uh, for my parents, I think even now it's very traumatic that I went through the stage where I was almost suicidal and they didn't know that, you know, they didn't know what to do with their daughter. And after that, I think there was no looking back because this is the space I needed to be in. And uh, and I really thrived. Uh, and sometimes I think if I just, you know, continued doing engineering or something, I think I, I, think I would have been rather unhappy now. Yeah, no, I'm glad you made that shift. I just want to pause just for a second on those difficult years. Not like I like to make everything about challenges and difficulty. But um, I want to understand in that time when the communication had broken down with your parents, um, did you have someone 
as a mentor or a friend to see you through or is this just something you navigated and time led to that shift no there were lots of people who were helping me uh, my mother was definitely helping me but i remember there was a teacher in that intermediate college uh, who uh, my mother i think one day just went to the college and started crying what's happening with my daughter and then this english teacher she didn't really meet me because i hardly went to the college i think she got disturbed by what she heard and she would come home once in a week and sit and hang out with me talk to me listen to me i think she kind of played a therapist of on her own like now i'm not in touch with her and i wonder where she is and what she's doing uh but i remember she helped me get out of that situation uh but also i think it's it's because my parents transformed very drastically how they were i think they probably talked to a bunch of people who told them you don't do this with your daughter uh you should treat her differently uh and they were i think generally sensitive parents just that that time i think i was really difficult to get through and but they really calmed down they said it's fine i mean i think they needed to tell me once that it's okay if you don't study further that if you have no education in life other than 10th and we still love you i think it took them play time to get there to say it doesn't matter because at that point the risk was that i would have only done my 10th and nothing else and that was really unimaginable for both my parents yeah so actually commendable that they got there too because <laughs> we forget that in all of these it's such a journey for each one of us as individuals to get to somewhere where we can support the other person even if it's your child yeah i think once they reach that place i suddenly felt like there's no burden on me now whether i perform or not doesn't matter and they don't expect me to perform and once they stopped expect me to perform expecting me to perform i actually started performing because in my college this is very your responsibility then in a sense yeah 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 and then I'm doing for the joy of education and not for you know what will our neighbors think or will our friends think once that was removed and it is I was studying what I liked and I was doing very well in my college in my masters so I was in a better place then and I mean even now when I look at teenagers who are struggling I tell them you know it's it's going to pass and and you should do what you're what you're interested in don't don't get pressurized to do something you're not interested in I think every age has different challenges. I don't know if it's better or worse. It's it's what is. Uh but I want to stay with your story. So you've reached a point where finally you're doing something that gives you joy. You own it. Uh you thrive. You open your world up to different experiences. What happened after? What how did you how did you make sure you took advantage of this whole new world and whole new being? I joined Nizam College and I was a very active student. I'd be an organizer, no, and I'd like get people together. We would do different things for environment, different kind of clubs with my friends, so wonderful. Uh and then uh, I remember when I was in my second year of college, uh, one of our teachers, she was not teaching me directly, in a different subject, but we te- meet all the teachers with different initiatives. So I was noticed. Uh she sent me on a program to United States, uh on a student exchange program. Uh that was uh organized by the US government by the state department so i went there for a couple of months uh, to pennsylvania and came back that really opened up my life before that i never got on a flight in my life and first flight mm-hmm. and and meeting lots of people you know it really boosts your confidence and from the worst place i've been only a couple of years to here it really uh, it really helped me become more confident and then i applied to university of hyderabad got into university of hyderabad went and did my sociology there 
and while i was there i went to i went to hiroshima uh, because i was involved in some uh, uranium activism again some like a movie i saw when i was in college and i met the film director i said i believe in your cause went and visited these uh, uranium Amazing. mine areas called jaduguda spent a month there doing some survey they were working on i went and volunteered and spent some time there so different things that i was interested in would keep leading me to the next thing next thing i mean some things maybe don't lead you but lots of things helped me and then uh, i went to hiroshima and uh, i was very again affected by what we saw uh, with the atom bomb uh, uh, remains in hiroshima no and you know i i remember i stayed in a homestay of a house whose uh, the eldest member of the family was a survivor of the a bomb and then we met several a bomb survivors uh, in the hospitals and uh, you know and talked and seeing the museum all that affected me and i remember around then i thought i want to do some work or i want to study and work in an area where i will do something to reduce conflicts in the world reduce war reduce hatred uh, so that became a very strong thing in my head after that then i went on to i wanted to then i discovered that there is a subject called conflict resolution and then i went on to apply for a masters in uh, conflict analysis and resolution in us in george mason university so after my masters in hcu i went to us to study that uh and i i did that masters and i came back to india because i knew india is where i wanted to work at that point yugantar was doing a small intervention uh on conflict resolution that's how i joined and then i continued to work in yugantar and uh, now now i am running the organization i want to move to tejaswini now leading the life she has chosen uh, i love that like we started there right the community the cat the parents the friends um let's let's spend a moment on that what does that really mean it means uh, it means i don't have to uh, cook every day <laughs> i do my own laundry and stuff i clean my house but you know some things are taken care of and it also you know there was a time where uh, i think 5 6 years ago i was uh, thinking of finding a job abroad and uh, moving away and i was thinking you know i can do more in my life and i just remember my parents health not that they are very chronic issues but there were smaller issues that i was feeling nervous about leaving them uh and then i decided to stay back and uh, and i think I, i at that point i did not know i'd be leading yugantar i was working in yugantar but i didn't know i was going to get this opportunity uh you know so that worked out all right and i'm feeling content that i've not given up on something to take care of my parents that you know my career is also in a good place uh and uh, then i decided i'm i'm you know i i'm going to spend some more years with my parents and i think uh, i also worry a lot of times that you know you know my parents are older they're probably going to die before me and i don't want to regret that i didn't spend enough time with them so that's very important to me uh uh having said that i fight a lot with my parents and it's not i'm not an easy daughter i'm not the most devoted daughter in that sense uh but i think it's my responsibility and i want in my own space so they live in a different apartment i live in, live in a different apartment but in the same building uh friends just because we had more flats in the same building and if they're in hyderabad uh it's so difficult for single women to you know find apartments to rent that uh, we tend to even if it's not my parents we tend to rent it out to single women uh because it's otherwise nobody does and i think they're they're really good tenants to have their parent on time they keep the house clean they're very responsible so to all the landlords out there please please rent out your apartments to single women 
and uh, so you know i mean friends just happened because they were looking for flats in hyderabad and we could do that i still think it is okay if you want to move abroad and do that no judgement there but it's working well for me to do this um, especially because my career is working out well if my career was not working out well then i think i'd be unhappy a little bit uh, but now it's working out quite well i want to stay briefly on the single bit right uh, i'm 53 and single and i've found it very easy when i say single it means not mad i i don't mean i don't have a partner for the world especially in the indian context um has it been easy for you to be single i would say relatively easy uh, especially now after i think i've crossed my 35 nobody bothers me anymore uh, but i think there's this age where people would get very worried why are you not getting married uh i think it's easy because my parents let me um i think the shock i gave them in my teenage after that they just don't bother me over anything <laughs> uh and also i think they realize we are happy like this my sister is also single she's in her early 30s but that's also like past the age of what is approved to be unmarried in our country for a lot of people sometimes there are neighbors family friends uh who you know who who say why are you not getting married and they think i'm very unhappy then they'll say oh you don't need to sacrifice your life for social work and i'm like not sacrificing anything that is why because i work in an ngo a lot of people assume i want to remain single and dedicate my life to the people I'm like no that's not true i'm like this because i'm happy like this maybe i'll marry at some point if i want to but right now i'm happy like this at some point it was difficult now it's not but i think it's because i have some privileges and resources for example i don't have to go looking for a house for rent i this i own my parents own this house uh, uh if i had to do that i think it'd be more difficult lots of other things become easy because i have resources that let me do it but one funny thing is a lot of times when i need new people either through professionally or some other occasion i know immediately they're scanning my body to see are there two rings there's nothing in the neck is there any any sign of marriage you look old enough to be married but why are you not married and that they're not concentrating on what they're talking to me but their head is working somewhere else trying to figure out what you in this to place me in some box complete strangers would then go and say oh but why do you not married then they figure out in some time that i'm not married then then they say what is the problem you look all right you're not ugly looking why you don't get married you know uh, so people get then then i have to like tell them to back off a little bit and say you know it's my personal life i don't know you i don't want to discuss this with you then people shut up um but um sometimes like you know it's it's random people on the street sometimes who'll get into this conversation so it's mildly annoying uh, but i wouldn't say it is uh, it's very difficult yeah. i i don't find it annoying it doesn't happen too much to me uh, most people admire that my choice has been my choices but i'm always amused by like you said this okay where does she fit in what what is this and and it happens um i i loved our conversation tejaswini before we wrap up i want to talk about what does five years ahead look like for you in in an ideal world where you have control over everything and you're making your own choices which you've mostly done yeah uh i quite like the singleness of my life so uh i ideally I'd, i mean in an ideal world i don't see it changing uh, not that it won't change or i don't know i don't know that uh, for sure but uh, but i'd be quite happy to be single i have no problem with that um career wise i think i stayed in my organization for 12 years now 
as much as I love it, it's become like my comfort zone and I want to get out of my comfort zone and try something new. Um, I want to work more on, uh, recently we've been working a lot on financial literacy of women and I think that's very important. I see myself working uh, more on that uh, I because I think uh, for women to manage their own finances is very, very important. Uh, and to be able to control finances of the family is is extremely important uh, for the empowerment, as, as one says. I think finance is, is a very crucial thing. So I see myself working more on that, uh, continuing some association with the organization I have, but maybe maybe working somewhere else because I think it's time that I do something else. I've been saying this to all my colleagues and they're also just irritated how many times I say this. And in five years, I'm going to go and do something else. I hope my parents are healthy uh, and are able to manage their health. That's uh, that's something I definitely see in, in my ideal world five years from now. Um and that, you know, I continue to have my friends very close to me. Lovely. Uh, keep owning it, Tejaswini. I cannot imagine why you said, uh, you were wondering why I had you on this podcast. I loved every minute of it. It's given me food for thought and I'm going to think about many things from this. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was easier than I imagined. First, I was like, do I have anything worth saying podcast? But you made it very easy. Uh, and you, it was so easy to talk to you and, uh, and, and, and you're so encouraging. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Owning It. With every conversation with women who are taking control of their narrative, I'm constantly inspired. Don't forget to tune into the next conversation with yet another woman choosing her own path and owning it.